Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports. A segment on Tuesdays and Thursdays at around 445 where we just kind of take a look uh, around the sports landscape and see what's uh, going on. And right now, I have to say, uh, not the best time for a segment like this because so much of the most interesting stories are out of college football and have to do with things that we've been talking about, like the coaching carousel and the transfer portal. And, uh, man, that seems to be... Uh, just on fire. I thought the transfer portal didn't open yet. What I, happened you know what? to that? I'm glad you brought that up because last night, for some reason, out of nowhere, I'm like, I thought December the 4th was a big deal. And I guess it doesn't matter. You could still announce it, but it's not official until December the 4th. I don't know. Yeah, but it's uh, it's been a wild run so far. A lot of different names have apparently throw, thrown uh, their names into the hat and um, it's hard to kind of keep track of it all at this point, but we did mention Gary Bohannon, one of those that uh, had uh, also entered. Uh, looks like Minnesota quarterback Ethan Kaliakmanis is also going to enter the transfer portal. We talked about Will Howard yesterday. Um, Treshawn Ward, running back for Kansas State after the big pickup with him coming over from Florida State. Um, so there's there's a lot of interesting names, and that's barely scratching the surface, but a lot of third-time transfers, it feels like. Tyler that's- Shuck? Yeah, Tyler. Oh, yeah. Actually, that is a note that I'll get to in just a second. But it does feel like there's a lot of third time transfers that are yeah. occurring this cycle. Have y'all noticed that? Yeah. Well, Shuck would be Oregon to Tech, Tech uh, to wherever, right? Yes, yeah. as I'll get to. Yeah. Okay. But more yeah. or less, yes. Uh, just I don't know. I've just found it interesting. I guess is what I'm trying to well, say. Well, Bohannon would be right. Yeah, yeah Bohannon would be. Yeah. Tyler Shuck is going to be. Yeah. Um, there's going to be another a number of guys. But uh, getting to the point of, of just all the kind of. Uh, uh, speaking on this, is another name has joined the fray uh, as far as the quarterbacks go and in the Big 12, and that is Texas Tech, or I guess now former Texas Tech quarterback, Tyler Shuck. We knew uh, that he was going to be entering the transfer portal. That came out, uh, I guess, was that a couple days ago? Was that over the weekend? I've, mm-hmm. I've lost track at this point, the Tyler yeah. Shuck news. I guess it was over the weekend. And uh, Baron Morton looks to be the guy there for, for right now. They also have, you know... Um, uh, Jake Strong, and we saw little glimpses of him. He's clearly not ready quite yet. They've got 
Uh, the guy we saw from Hutto, Will Hammond, that'll be coming yep. in, uh, who's a very good player as well. But where does that leave a guy like Tyler Shuck, who's already been at Oregon and was at Texas Tech uh, for quite a while uh, but couldn't overcome injuries? Well, it looks like it's leading him to Orlando, Florida, and Gus Malzahn. Uh, various Knights. reports out there saying that Tyler Shuck is headed to UCF. So uh, looks like Gus has got his transfer quarterback and – you know, uh, John Rice Plumley, very hit or miss this year. You're wondering about what they're going to look like moving forward, and Tyler Shuck's the guy. I don't know how, I guess, thrilled I am over that, just given his injury history, but if you can protect him, he's shown that he can be pretty effective. So what are y'all's thoughts on um, now Gus Malzahn teaming up with Tyler Shuck and trying to uh, make the Knights a more formidable team in year two in the Big 12? I, I think it's uh... – it's a good plan. Um, I mean, he, if he's healthy, he's he can play. I mean, yeah, but, but but you know what? He's not always healthy. Yeah, I know. That's but neither is shape. But they he, also yeah. have. I mean, I assume that you know, and maybe he's not. Maybe Timmy McLean becomes a th- uh, you know a third time transfer. But uh, I don't know where his status is. But they have Timmy McLean who played, but you know was. Uh, inconsistent when he did. He kind of had these like moments where, like, man, this kid's an unbelievable athlete, but oh, dear God. He's kind of like Donovan Smith where you, you watch him and you're like, man, this guy can do a lot of things, but he does not really respect uh, holding on to the ball all that much. Um, no. And so, yeah, I think, look, Gus Malzahn's one of the best uh, offensive coaches in the country. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a really good head coach. And, uh, yeah, I think having a veteran there will, will help him if that does uh, end up being the thing. Uh, for UCF, especially in year two in the Big 12. Yeah, so right now, just to be very clear, it's not official, and uh, Brandon Helwig, who is uh, one of our go-to guys when it comes to UCF, has rained on the parade a little bit because there was a report out there as though he had made a commitment. He has not made a commitment, but Brandon Helwig did confirm there is mutual interest there. There's been some talking, so it's not official, but one of the uh, the hot notes out there is that Tyler Shuck could be headed to UCF as they look to uh, turn the page um, and they're going to a bowl game. So that was a good way for them to finish the year uh, when really, man, they were at a, a couple of low points, uh, you know, early on especially and even middle way through the year where you're really wondering, um, you know, what they were going to be able to do by the end. So, yeah, Tyler Shuck, not official to UCF, but that is the hot rumor out there right now. Meanwhile, a few other things that are uh, off the radar a little bit. Last night you had in the NFL some Monday Night Football action. Did either one of you guys watch uh, Monday Night Football if last night? If you watched – that game, you're either a Bears fan or a Vikings fan or a masochist. Yes, Bears 12, Vikings 10. The final score there on Monday Night Football. The Bears now 4-8 and eight overall. The Vikings move to 6-6. Six and six. But, yeah, a good old-fashioned 12-10 game on Monday Night Football in the NFC North. So, um, yeah, the, the Bears obviously have a lot to sort out with their future, but uh, Paul, any thoughts on Bears and Vikings from Monday Night Football? Um, I uh, I had to go to the doctor this morning to get some medicine because I watched like seven minutes of it. Okay, uh, so it yeah. made you that it was it was yeah. it was it was it was not great. Uh, the NFC North this year, outside of the Lions and the Packers, have played well lately, but the NFC North's been tougher to watch. Um, you know the Bears. Um, you know, just keeping that seat warm, I guess, for Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Um, and I feel bad for Matt Eberflus because I thought he was actually going to be a good good head coach. I mean, there's a lot of buzz around him. You saw the Cowboys that loved him when he was there. But, um, you know, ugh, it's just, man, like, 
The NFL is so wildly popular that I know that that game probably had 15 million people watching it. Uh, probably not for very long, I but bet they had more than that. Probably, but at least, it, but it just just because. Yeah. yeah, and I do also feel bad. Here's what I feel bad for. Even though they're wildly successful and have a ton of money, I feel bad for Joe and Troy, who used to get a good game pretty much every week on Fox, and then they took the big gig on Monday Night Football, and it's like a. It's forty percent of the Thursday time. night game. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they got a really good one last week. This week, they're like, oh, here, you want Bears-Vikings? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good back in the day, but yeah, yeah not so much right now. They were always going to get the game I, on Sunday I, afternoon. I also, I also think that the NFL uh, needs to stop this. Everybody's going to get a chance to play on Monday and Thursday thing. I know yeah. some of it, they, they do, like, players hate playing any other day than Sunday. Uh, they hate it, but... I don't know. That's got to be they. They got to stop. This Thursday night games are mostly bad. The Monday night games are better, but still not great all the time. So yeah, ugh. yeah. It does feel like it's uh, very much hit or miss on these prime time games and and how all of that's going to work out. But Chicago, uh, with that loss, still uh, will hold on to the number one overall pick uh, as it stands right now because that's coming via Carolina because Carolina moved up to get the number one overall pick and. I don't know if y'all seen it, but there is so much talk right now about David Tepper, the Panthers owner, and just what a messy situation that that organization is in under his leadership. Now there's all these doubts about whether Bryce Young was the right choice or not, especially with C.J. Stroud uh, playing the way that he is right now with Houston. And just a lot of panic going on up in the Carolina area over the David Tepper Uh, ownership era and where that's all headed but they still have the um, or they did have the would have the number one pick but they used that on Bryce Young so the Bears still have the number one overall and the fourth overall as it stands right now yeah Uh, but the updated would be Bears at one Cardinals at two Patriots at three Bears again at four and the Washington Commanders right now right now would have a top five pick they'll screw that up Probably so. They'll they'll draft a kicker or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, they'll draft a, a backup or, guard, or they'll get they'll they'll hit a stride in the last three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> be, or they'll draft somebody out to like, them fourteen. Like 14. Uh, no, it's very interesting. Blaming Bryce Young is completely silly when you compare him to C.J. Stroud. Sometimes it's not about the guy you draft; it's about where who drafts him. And you know, there's there are hundreds of players. Quarterbacks in particular that probably would have had way better careers had they not gone into a poo show from from the jump when they got drafted. The Panthers are not a well-run organization right now. And the Texans, in spite of like five or six years of being kind of run the same way the Panthers are right now, are really being run well. And they're making good decisions around C.J. Stroud. RG3 is a good example for this. Would RG3's career been different? If he was playing for a better ownership group, I promise you it would have because, and anybody who's played for Washington over the last 20 years probably would have had different careers if, you know, they had an owner who wasn't. He almost became their David Clyde of the Rangers back when they moved to Texas. Yeah. He was the phenom that they they threw when he was like, he should not, he was not ready. all, All of that, all that being said. You throw that all out there. If you want it with a bad organization, you're going to get bad results. David Tupper keeps firing coaches for shorter and shorter tenures. Man, I mean, you can't – sometimes you just got to let something ride. Yeah, and I actually tuned in when there's, like, interesting storylines like that going on. Sometimes I'll, if I have time, tune into, like, the local radio, and it's just full-on panic in Charlotte, North Carolina right now over everything that's going on there. So, yeah, just an interesting situation to monitor. Um, but um, – 
you know, as far as the NFL goes and the draft and all those types of things, it is transfer portal season, it is head coaching carousel season, and it is also NFL declaration season as well. And a few names that are declaring for the NFL uh, today, Miami Safety's Cameron Kitchens and James Williams, both turning pro according to various reports out there. Houston offensive tackle Patrick Paul um, entering the draft also will be heading to the senior bowl. He announced that uh, yesterday that he had it, um, that he had uh, accepted that invite and then he mentioned today that he is going to be going pro. I don't think there's any surprise there. Uh, also Clemson linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr. says he will take the next step in a lifelong dream and the true junior is heading to the NFL to follow in the footsteps of his uh, gosh uh, very successful father father uh, when it came to the the pro career there. So Jeremiah Trotter Jr. also now entering and Braylon Allen, Wisconsin running back, also announcing today that he will be entering the NFL draft. So all of those kind of coming down here over the last 24 hours. How does it make you feel to see Jeremiah Trotter Jr. entering the NFL draft well, as somebody who covered his father? Yeah, he was an SFA guy and a phenomenal <laughs> player with Philadelphia. <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter's 46. I'm 43. It makes me feel uh, really older. He was a, he so. was a hell of a player. He played at, uh, was it Hooks? Mm-hmm. Yes. Come out of Hooks High School which is Billy Sims's high school. Yes. Uh, it does make me feel old. I'm now starting to even see, like, here's what keeps me from feeling any younger. The McCown family. Yeah, when, part, speaking of Carolina, I they mean, now he was have, part they of their They have kids fires. that are now in college. And, of course, there's all the McCown brothers. And now that I'm sure there'll be more coming through the system at whatever Jacksonville or Rusk High School. By the way, I really, like, the Cowboys need linebacker because I don't think Leighton Van Der Esch, I don't think you can look think about him coming back. I'm going to bring them up in a second. Yeah, but uh, I would love for them to draft Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Just so I have to see Philadelphia Eagle and Washington legend, <laughs> you know, fan favorite in yes. both places. Yep. They both loved him. Yep. Uh, they, they both loved you're him. You're good. Everybody yeah. loves you where yeah. you've been. Yeah, everybody loves him where he's been. I want to see him, on, <laughs> you know, in the stands wearing silver and blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to see it when he played. He was so good. I think any team would be lucky to have uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. there and, and have pops in the stands. But um, speaking of the Cowboys and linebacker, uh, just a couple more NFL notes here. They. Uh, did bring in veteran linebacker Shaquille Leonard, uh, who was waived by the Colts a few days ago. He cleared waivers. He's now free. What that means is he's free to sign with anybody that he so chooses. So he uh, visited the star, and a lot of the Dallas uh, media thoughts were that they better sign him while he's here. They better sign him while he's here. They better not let him leave without a contract. Absolutely cannot let him leave. Well, he left without a contract. Now, does that mean he can't sign with Dallas? No. Does that mean he won't sign with Dallas? No. But now it appears up next for him will be heading to Philadelphia, among other teams, uh, in the next few days to gauge their interest levels and see what uh, they have to offer. And then apparently uh, he is going to be making a decision probably around this weekend on where he will actually go. But the Cowboys are obviously in it. Uh, the Eagles are in it, among others. And Jerry Jones was very open about um, you know their pursuit of him and, and why they would like to have him. But, uh, Paul, you feeling good, bad? indifferent about Shaquille Leonard and the Cowboys chances to grab him for this postseason run he had two back surgeries in 2022 uh, so if he's better great but the Colts cut him for a reason uh, and if he can help great I know that they need depth at that position because they're 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 really thin there but I don't know I mean like if he can help great if not you know I don't I don't 
if they, if he signs with the Eagles or somebody else, like I'm not going to be like upset that he's the difference between them making the Super Bowl or not because look, they got to make the NFC Championship game first. And yeah. I'm not. I don't get my hopes up about free agent signings. Gotcha. Speaking of the Cowboys, uh, usually touch on TV ratings uh, as it as it fits, but uh, did want to make mention that uh, their big win over the Commanders. Why haven't we talked about that much? <laughs> that was a very forgettable football game, that's why. Because There's, I'd rather pick up a moccasin. <laughs> yes, uh, not a fun game if you were a Commanders fan or anybody hoping for competitive football on Thanksgiving Day between those two teams. But the most watched program on any network since uh, Super Bowl, what would that be, 52, uh, I believe, or 57, I should say. Uh, since Super Bowl 57, third most watched regular season game in NFL history, uh, 41.438 million viewers. 41.43 million Skins viewers. The commanders have a great uh, it draw. It peaked at 44.265 million most streamed NFL regular season game ever for Paramount Plus, uh, that platform, and just on and on and on. But, yeah, 40-plus million tuned in for Cowboys yeah. Commanders on Thanksgiving. So i got to give Smokey a little bit of credit here. We haven't talked about it. But, Craig, right we always have a, a running text during most Cowboys games, uh, and this one was no different. Uh, but the first text Smokey sent me was, Cowboys 46, Redskins 9, it was 45-10. to 10. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I had, I, and, I, and I, I said there'd be a strip sack. I didn't realize it would be a pick six. But throw it to Ron Bland's way, there's going to be a pick yeah. six. But I so, nailed that. So there are two things. Smokey can nail anything when it comes to Washington. And I'm usually right. I'm about a 90% clip of I'll send him a text in games that they're going to lose. And I'll be like, they're losing. Yeah, they're losing. You're pretty good about it. Yeah. You didn't say that with this one, no, but I you disagree not. with me. I said, I said, oh, it's it's Turkey Day. Things get wild, and then right at the end of the first quarter, you know, Washington looked like they had like maybe done something right, and it was going to be one of those weird things. The Cowboys going to go into halftime and you know watch Dolly Parton in her in her Cowboy cheerleader outfit, which I thought was hilarious and awesome. Uh, but then. The Cowboys, like with a minute left to go, just went right down the field. We're like, yeah, you know, that was – you can give thanks for that touchdown. You're not getting another one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised that we're even talking about the game because it seemed like Dolly was the one that stole the show. And uh, everybody yeah. was talking about uh, Dolly Parton uh, after that game or during that game. But, uh, yeah, that was a huge number, 41 million. He had 33-plus million watching Green Bay and Detroit prior to that. The nightcap, San Francisco, Seattle, 24.7 million. Uh, so just massive, massive numbers for the NFL. And the big game, college game on Thanksgiving, as the rest of the ratings aren't quite fully out just yet, but Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, which, of course, the Rebels won uh, 2.294 million. Uh, but they were going up a little bit against uh, some of that NFL action. So uh, still very respectable number, 2.294 million there. And then there were some Black Friday uh uh, action as well. Amazon Prime, 9.6 million tuned in on Amazon Prime for Dolphins and Jets, which I'd imagine they have to be pretty happy, but not quite to the extent of what we were talking about with some of those others. And then Oregon State and Oregon, 4.121 million viewers on Fox on Friday night was the top watched college football game on Black Friday. Missouri, Arkansas also pulled in a little over 4 million. Texas Tech, Texas. 3.7-plus million viewers for that one, and then 3.3 million viewers for 
Penn State, Michigan State on what was a very busy day for the college game there on Black Friday. So uh, when time when time comes on Thursday, we'll have more of the Saturday games to be able to at least mention as far as the uh, numbers go. But yeah, no beating the NFL, and uh, there's a few things off the radar. It might be why A and M in Texas next year will not be on Thursday night. Yeah, or Friday. Because there wasn't Saturday. really much of NFL of I'm that very curious to see what that, yeah. that rating looks like when that I'm, time comes because yeah. it's going to be so built up and, you know, you just wonder. It's been so long since they play. That's going to be fascinating. By the way, on Dolly Parton, name me five better country songs in history than Jolene. You can't. It's, it is in the top five. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.